Hi, can you hear me? Uh, yes, yes, I can. Okay, good. Do you mind if we start now? Yeah, go ahead. Cool. Hi, everybody. This is Susanna from Where I'm At here. And here I have a special guest, um, Spike. Hello, I'm Spike Green from the Film Geek Collective. And uh, yeah, George, aka Spike Green. I don't mean to show off too much. It's all good. This is Susanna's podcast, We're All Mad Around Here. I think I got the name right, finally. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's going to be exciting because I always appreciate whenever a new episode of this comes out, I've got it on my Spotify uh, playlists, you know, whenever one comes out. Oh yeah, that's so good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Um, so we wanted to today have a conversation about what resilience means to us and um, how it connects to being neurodivergent or being autistic um, and how that can be really important to grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Um, I want to ask a question. What does resilience mean to you? Resilience is when you... <coughs> Sorry, um, I've been having a cough the last few days. Please forgive me. Okay, resilience is when uh, you... Well, you're afraid to do something at first. But, you know, well, i got to do this. And you just go ahead and you do it and you feel all the braver for it, you know? It, it can be mentally, physically, emotionally, whatever. Resilience is key. I first learned about resilience in year three when I was too scared to go into an IMAX theater because, you know, the size of the screen is obviously massive. And then I actually got a school award for going into that theater. (laughs) So, yeah. And ever since then, I've really loved the IMAX experience and have been twice, including that time. Wow, that's so awesome. Yeah. Just to give you an idea of the scale of that, even in the back row of the theater it is like being in the front row of any other theater that is how big the screen is oh my goodness yeah yeah wow, that's that's a really good example yeah and uh, <laughs> so what would uh, what would resilience mean to you then yeah, similar to what you were saying um, about trying something and you're really scared, but you do it anyway. I feel like it kind of relates to bouncing back. Like um, maybe you've had a bad experience, but you try it again and maybe it's a better experience. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, one, one other thing, one big example of that. I was at camp in year seven and uh, I was climbing this huge ass sculpture. And uh, it, I, I, I would easily say it was, what, five, six stories tall. And all there was was... You know, there was a bit of a barrier around it. There was no harness. There was just a ladder going up there. And I I had to hold on to this ladder. I had to keep climbing. And I got to the top and I really felt that sense of achievement, you know. Mm. At least with IMAX. Sorry, yeah, I interrupted. Sorry. Sorry, Sorry, yeah, I just thought, yeah, that's that's so awesome how you're able to overcome that um, problem. Like, it must have been so scary, though. Well, it, it was less scary going down, but it was pretty scary going up. It took me a few tries, but, you know, I, I did it. It was camp. Camp is where you make a lot of good memories and a lot of weird ones. <laughs> like, mud does not smell like chocolate. Why was I ever expecting it to smell like chocolate? It smells like mud. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, I feel like with me, resilience can kind of, manifest in different ways like um for example like when I herniated a disc like about a year and a half ago that was really bad because I wasn't very resilient I was crying a lot because it never happened to me before but um 
I feel like like time is really good. It helps you in ways that it's hard to explain. Like I feel like a lot of time has passed and other things have distracted me and I'm more resilient because like I haven't been so stagnant. Like I've done things to keep me busy and I feel like if you've got a good strategy that can help you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I've I've definitely had times because I'm just going to be completely open about this. I have both anxiety and depression. So I I do see, in terms of the anxiety thing, I see where you're coming from, definitely. Mm. So, yeah, anxiety really, sometimes it really freezes me up, but I think it's more depression in my case. But, yeah, that's that's also a big part of resilience. You have something that's holding you down and you push past it anyway, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's so true. Sorry, what were you going to say? Oh, 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 you mean about the IMAX thing earlier. I was going to say, at yeah. least with the ladder, well, the ladder was a physical risk, technically, no harness and whatnot. <clears throat> but at least, mm. sorry, um, at least IMAX uh, would not hurt you, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I get where you're coming from. I feel like I can relate to, not that experience exactly, but to the anxiety aspect. Um, like, I haven't worked that much because of COVID and since I'm getting more shifts to work, I get so much anxiety around work. I really want to just avoid work because I'm a casual. I, I can have that luxury that luxury of not going to work and just making an excuse, but I don't because I feel really bad. But I just have a lot of anxiety around work, um, but I do want to work more. It's just anxiety can hold you back in ways you can't think of. Mm. Some Sometimes you don't even feel anxiety in the moment. Sometimes you just feel it later, like, oh, what could have been? What could, have I, what, what could I have said? What could I have done, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I really, I really can relate to that. Like even if the assignments, I, I keep thinking, oh, when I get feedback and it's not that good. I'm thinking, why didn't I do that thing in the first place? Like why, like, it's such a small, like a thing that I did wrong. I wish I did it properly. I just don't like bad comments, you know? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like with having really good resilience or having resilience that's emerging, I feel like it makes you have better mental health or like you're able to kind of overcome more things if you're able to build yourself up. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think it's uh, it's slowly it's slowly building on uh, your tolerance to a fear. I mean, I know there's exposure therapy, like if you're afraid of something and, you know, I, I remember last time on the podcast, uh, I, I mentioned people who are afraid of clowns and you said you were afraid of clowns. So hypothetically... Yeah um hypothetically if if there was if there was like pictures of clowns and they were slowly exposed to the person perhaps they perhaps they would no longer really be afraid of them because you know i mean okay clowns okay they look a bit weird and all that but you know and and i i absolutely respect that people are afraid of them and all that but ultimately they're 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 kids things you know they're they're things that are meant to bring joy and only recently have people really tried to make them scary. Yeah, that's so true. Mm. Yeah, I feel like with your point of um, trying to see clowns from a different perspective, that's really important. Like when I was younger or even now, I have a fear of ghosts, but also being murdered in the middle of the night. And also I don't like going outside a lot. I'd rather not, I'd rather, I'd rather just be inside because of like past experiences of Sometimes I'd almost be run over or like sometimes, you know, like once at a time when I was 18 coming home from school 
and a bus nearly ran me over because it didn't <gasps> see me. So as you can see, run back to the to the pedestrian crossing uh, that's in the pavement. Um, and I was just so scared. And so like little things like that can kind of play into your anxiety. Oh man, that that's horrible. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I, I don't think I've really had, <coughs> sorry, the cough's come back again. Um, I, I don't think I've really had like anything where I was almost run over, but mm. you know, like, uh, I, you know, I've, I've had a, I've definitely had a bad experience to do with running over in this case. You may, you may remember, I've probably told you about, I'm not sure I've said on this podcast, but I used to have a cat called Zuzu and oh. unfortunately she was run over on the street and I didn't find out till later, you know, just oh. outside the house. And oh, when I found out, I was, I was shocked. Mm, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's not like, it's not like anything getting run over is like a trigger for me or anything. You know, if a, I actually have this thing in terms of media where I can't watch animals get hurt, but you know, human characters. Yeah, fine. Mm-hmm. Cause at least, yeah. Uh, but animals, I just can't, I, I don't like seeing animals get hurt. That is just one of my things, you know? Oh. But back to, back to the instant in question, of course. Yeah, well, I always, I, I think I definitely always cringe if an animal's run over by a car in a movie now. Be- no. Probably because of that. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I'm a bit like you, like... I really like animals, like sometimes I can relate to them better than humans and like if I see an animal that's hurt or that's really cute, I don't want it to be in danger. Like, I've, like you know, I've got a pet rabbit and that makes me more protective of animals in general. Mm. Absolutely understandable. In fact, mm. I actually, you know, what, one thing, like, you know, in terms of, I, I know it's a bit of a sidetrack, but in terms of meat and all that, you know, I, I like meat and I was you know, hanging with someone who was vegan and on their street is, well, even I would never eat this type of thing. You know, you have your normal cow, sheep, that type of meat, but Mm. rabbit meat for sale? Really? Why? Oh. Yeah. Anyway, I I should probably move on. I'm, I I don't want to upset you too much. Sorry. (laughs) No, that's okay. Like, I... I didn't try rabbit meat, but I think I actually did once when I was over, when I was overseas because I didn't know it was rabbit meat. But I do get that as well. Mm. Mm. I have eaten kangaroo meat once or twice when I was in school. But that's about it. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Um, with me, I tried kangaroo meat once, but it wasn't very nice. Mm. But back to the topic at hand, of course, uh, resilience. What else yeah. would you have to say about resilience? I feel like if you're neurodivergent or neurodiverse or just autistic or a bit different, um, or just a disability, like I feel like it can just be harder if you're um, different and you're trying to build on your resilience because sometimes you're more, more likely to have mental health issues or you can just be more prone to be anxious or depressed or numb or you might just have um, barriers that can make it harder for you to become more resilient. Mm. Mm. I mean, yeah, I mean, that especially, you know, like we're, we're both, we're both autistic. I'm pretty sure we're both open about that. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that, 
the the things about sensory overload that can sometimes contribute to and to uh, that feeling of maybe anxiety if you're in a really loud place like oddly enough i i seem to be I, you know there was one time i was on a cruise and i went into like the club when i was 17 and i the music was blaring and usually i hate noises that loud but i got into it and i was like yeah this isn't so bad but then i get <laughs> i get back to the cabin and i'm like oh yes this was a good night tonight Shh, it's 10 p.m it's 10 p.m <laughs> <laughs> I know that's a bit of a sidetrack too, but you know, oh well. I, I guess I had to bring a bit of humor into it after I was being so depressing earlier. <laughs> no, that's okay. Um, I feel like with autistic people, um, sometimes they can get triggered by like something like a sensory factor, but sometimes it doesn't like trigger them. Like I don't know. Sometimes when I'm walking to the gym or to work, and I have to go past traffic, and I'm on the footpath. Sometimes the traffic and all the beeping and stuff doesn't annoy me but sometimes it does mm, exactly and there's the the, the occasional truck that goes yeah. that's louder yeah. than everything else uh and especially if it's like abrupt or like all of a sudden it, it's in your ear and like it really hurts like if it's a build-up it's fine or if it's like repetitive it's fine but if it's just like really high-pitched or like just out of nowhere it, that can really like that just really annoys me oh yeah exactly you know, especially, you know, I I never I never had any soft spots for the sound of a motorcycle on the street outside. I mean, motorcycles they seem cool and all, but then you hear, <laughs> you know, without them even trying to, even trying to make their engine quieter at night. Oh boy! And the walls are pretty thin here, so. <laughs> yeah, I just yeah, get what you're saying. Um. I just, I don't like aggressive noises. I don't know how else to explain it, like noises that are angry. I mean, I, I guess, I mean, you know, I'm always, a, I, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty much kidding when I say this, but, um, you know, it could turn into Mad Max or something. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> mm, but, you know, I've, I've never, you know, I, I've always, I've always, in terms of resilience, you know, I'd like to learn public transit. I've, I'm 19. I turned 19 this year and I'd like to learn public transport and I'd like to learn going around the city by myself. The one thing is that I'm always afraid of going down. Well, obviously I will never go down alleys and you've got to stay in the places with a lot of people, obviously. And then it's the whole thing. And, you know, I feel like I didn't really get a, you know, I, I could, I could travel a bit since it's Australia and COVID's not as bad in Sydney or whatever. But at the same time, I think I was also so afraid of going out places because of COVID. So, yeah. Mm -mm. Oh, yeah. That makes it harder. Do you feel like because of COVID, it's um, kind of made you more anxious? A bit. Like, yeah. you know, you got uh, to always look out for everything that could give you COVID or whatever, you know? And it's plenty. Yeah. yeah, I, I feel like because of COVID, it's always, it's always in the news. It's always like a, I, it's always been highlighted everywhere. It's sort of like such a big uh, key, like a key word, or like it's always like a really big news item. And I feel like that's kind of um, exasperated. No, that's not what I read. It's sort of uh, made my anxiety worse. In some ways, like I always say, mm. like, oh, I've got a code. Oh, no, it's COVID. Oh, wait, no, it's not. Like, I'm fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 And I feel like um, 
that can kind of play havoc in people's minds, especially if they're neurodivergent or autistic, because um, little things that that can kind of trigger anxiety. And like, I just feel like sometimes being in COVID or being in um, being in COVID still or COVID lockdown can be hard because um, sometimes it's hard to escape the anxiety when it, like being like, hang on, living in a COVID world makes it harder to enjoy little things when there's a lot of things that can make, make your anxiety or your depression worse. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and I feel like um, strategies that work for other people might not work for you. But like, I feel like if you try and find what works for you, like I'm trying to not watch the news so much and I'm trying to focus on things I can control because things I can control makes me like good, makes me feel good and makes me um, feel like I've got something that I can control and I've got some sort of autonomy and like, I can kind of be, at, be calm or be at peace because I've got something that's tangible like you know what I mean yeah 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 I mean you know I I actually you know you got to celebrate what you can do at the same time like recently uh I I don't want to I don't want to make this too much about me and I apologize if I am I really do um but uh I I was gonna say the the latest thing I did was well I went to go see Mortal Kombat in the theaters and I got an empty theater so that was great (laughs) So yeah, that that's I guess one upside. They they've been very they've been very good about COVID, and you know I got an empty theater for Mortal Kombat pretty much, and so yeah I got to I got to go yes you said the thing from the game, and uh, you know like uh, obviously you know I'm still I'm still a great cinema goer and all that you know I'm I'm quiet for others and all that, but I didn't have to worry so much about it since there was no one else there. I guess that's a bit of a celebration. Um, mm. when cinemas are safe, you know, or somewhat safe, you know what, you know what I mean. They're doing the COVID things and all that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Also, um, it was my first R-rated movie, so that was an achievement. Like I, I've seen plenty of R-rated movies, but it was my first R-rated movie in the cinema. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's been so cool. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, feel like. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, oh, I was gonna say, sorry. <laughs> I was gonna say I was gonna say to quote the game. It was like it was like the ads for the movie on YouTube were saying, Get over here. And I did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. I feel like if you're able to go to like um a social thing, like a like do a hobby where it's not gonna be anxiety provoking, that's good. Like I went to the cinemas not to see that movie, but to see something else. And there wasn't many people. Mm-hmm. And like, when there's many people, um, that, like, the cinemas, it's a lot easier. And I feel like um, it's just, it's easy to enjoy something if there's not many people there. Exactly. I mean, I've, I've had a cinema experience ruined due to a loud crowd. So yeah, in this case, it chapter one. Cause you know, I, I, I think I might've told you about it before. Teenagers throwing things across the cinema and, clapping before jump scares and laughing at the wrong moments and okay laughing at the wrong moments might be forgivable but yeah it chapter two was better in fact it was it was the young women who were on the other side of the seats who were like oh shush shush already well by accident of course because i was every time there was a jump scare in chapter two i was like whoa like i never truly get scared but (laughs) i get easily startled you know (laughs) okay yeah, that's interesting. Um, uh, 
I don't know. I was going to say something and I forgot. Um, I feel like, yeah, teenagers, uh, well, not just teenagers, I feel like some people, um, when they, like, they're kind of like a mess of the cinema, it's not very good. And I don't like when people are loud, like, like um, I saw a musical a couple of months ago and this baby wouldn't stop crying and the mother, I thought, was going to take the baby out. They, she didn't. And the baby was, like, really loud and people looking at her. And I, I was going to say something but wasn't quite sure. So I feel like if this noise you know, is meant to be there, it can kind of ruin the whole experience sometimes. Mm. Especially with the price of theatre tickets. Mm. Oh, yeah. Ooh. But, yeah, it was okay. It wasn't all the time, but it was just every now and again the baby would start, like, you know, the crowd become bigger and then the mother try and help the child. But like my, I had a friend that had a couple, a couple of friends and my, one of my friends gave the child, you no, know, gave the mother um, some lollipops that we had just to kind of stop the baby from crying and it helped a little bit. But um, well, no, actually, I don't know if it was a baby, it was a young child, but young child. But still, I feel like, um, yeah, if uh, I just kept on thinking, oh, I wish the cinema, oh, yeah, I wish the uh, the uh, theatre that we were at, they had a policy where you don't have young children that cry because it kind of did ruin parts of the experience. Not the whole mm. experience. It did kind of lessen the experience a little bit. Do you remember what theatre show this was? Yeah, it was Frozen. Oh, yeah. You said about it on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 was, I was wondering because, you know, you talked about both Frozen and uh, Magic Mike. Oh, yeah. No, it was Frozen. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I also fear this recording's well. It, it, if this recording goes to half an hour, it could cause technical difficulties. So, if if we'd like to continue the episode, we could do a second recording as well. Um, if you want. Um, I don't know. Do you want to? Oh yes, please. Yes, yeah, it, okay, it, cool. it's it. Despite the sometimes depressing nature of of what either of us say, you know, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Cool. So end it now, and we can do another recording. So yeah, we'll be right back after these non-existent commercial messages. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we're all mad here. Sorry, around here. Shit. Um, (laughs) That's okay. Yeah. um, So we're back from our break and we're going to be discussing more into resilience. Yeah, um, sorry, I uh, I can't hear you as well as I can the first half. Please, could you move closer to the microphone? Sorry. Can you hear me now? Yes, yes. Okay, okay that's great. There we go. <laughs> cool. So do you want to continue what you were saying before? Like maybe if you want to extend on your example about the cinema? Well, yeah, I mean, the cinema is, it can be a stressful environment in some ways. Like I often just bring sound blocking headphones that block out some of the sound. And, you know, especially the previews tend to be louder than the movie a lot of the time, unless you see a theatre, sorry, I, I, I'm using theatre interchangeably for stage and screen, you know what I mean, screen yeah. theatre. But uh, yeah, um, if you're in a cinema that's marked with Dolby Atmos sound, it'll be really loud. So yeah, prepare yourself. Even normal cinemas sometimes, the high frequencies, when I went to see Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle, a snake hissing was a bit piercing. Some of the acoustics in some of the theatres, like when I was in Victoria a long time back now, um, I went to the Astor Theatre, one of the best cinemas around. It's a one-screen theatre that, you know, it's like a communal experience. I, I Okay, that might have sounded like the word communist, but I didn't mean it that way. Um, <laughs> anyway, but uh, um, yeah, 
Superman the movie, there's a certain point where there's a really piercing noise and the acoustics, they weren't exactly echoey in the Astor, but they were like piercing enough that I had to cover my ears. Good acoustics though. You know, they had the, mm. oh, the inside of that theater is great. The chandeliers and the, and the stuff and the, oh man. I mean, okay. I, it's on the, on the note of chandeliers. Okay. I, I like that song and I don't usually like modern music all that much, but I'm not going to mention Sia because I really hate what she did with music. Anyway, moving on, moving on. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, I feel like with the cinemas, if you find a good cinema, that's really good. Um, I really want to go to your cinema, the one you were talking about. That sounds really cool. Mm, the Astor Theatre. If you ever, yeah. if you ever get the chance to go to Victoria, go to the Astor Theatre. But since it's a one screen theatre, um, make sure about the movie playing. You know, obviously, like you know, it may not, it may not always even be to the interest. But you know, they, they, they curate the previews just right. They do double features actually quite often. You know, and it's pretty great stuff. Um, one I'd recommend in Sydney, um, if you can get to it, is the Ritz Theatre. Oh, I, I've heard of it. Um, I haven't actually gone into it. I, I saw Joker there on the 70mm film. And uh, yeah, that was that was an experience. I mean, oh. I already I already love Joker. I personally really like that movie. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. It was so brave what they did with it. Like a 70s style character study that didn't involve too much action, that didn't have Batman. I know, I know I'm know, i going on a whole tangent here, but I just, I, re- I quite liked Joker, and I know there was a bit of controversy surrounding it. And in fact, mm. I'm pretty sure that, uh, you know, because I was, I was saying, people, go see this movie, because COVID didn't exist then, obviously, because um, it was 2019. And, well, you know what I mean. Um, mm. Yeah, but I was, I was going to say, yeah, I recommend it, but... I I can sort of understand because some people had a fear because, okay, there was a very tragic event that happened in in a premiere. I think it was a screening of Dark Knight Rises where someone in a Joker mask came in with some guns in America and shot people in the theatre. Oh, my God. Yeah. People, some people were afraid that the same would happen with Joker. But I'm sure security's been tightened since then, and no incidents were reported to have happened for Joker. So yeah, mm. um, I I went to Joker. I was I was so that brings me back to I was recommending Joker, um, to uh, various people on Twitter, and you know for some reason, someone I was following had actually blocked me for saying that because they were afraid the violence would happen in the screenings. But I'm sure security would have taken care of it. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Like I mean, I I just I just thought it was an opinion, you know. Go see Joker, especially. Mm. Yeah, I I don't. I also don't mean to get overly political or anything, but I I think, yeah. There's there's obviously the big gun problem. Sorry, gun problem in America. You know, the lack of gun control. You, you can oh, tell. Yeah. You can tell on the leftist. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that's sad that that happened at the cinema, but at least in Australia. Um, we can go to the cinemas and feel safe. Mm. Mm. That I, I think I was, I think I was taking that. Maybe, maybe if I'm trying to understand things from his perspective, maybe I was taking that for granted since I was in Australia. Maybe, well, yeah, it, it is a, a massive fear in America about gun violence, and I can absolutely understand that. 
but you know, I was I was only talking about the movie, you know. Oh yeah. Mm. I feel like with um like being autistic or being neurodivergent divergent, it means that um well for me it means that when I hear stories like that I get anxious. So I feel like um you know um when I hear stories where there might be guns or violence, I feel like I I sometimes automatically generalize that's what it's like for a whole country. Like it, like every time you go into a cinema, that's that's what's gonna happen. That's why um I do want to go to parts of America, but when I hear stories like that it makes me want to just see where I am. Mm, like yeah, obviously I, I, I'm I'm also treading very carefully around all this because I want to absolutely have respect for absolutely everyone in this, you know, like I, I don't want to offend anyone. That's the thing, you know. That's all. But yeah, I uh yeah, I'm I, I am I am afraid of going to America because of the epidemic of gun violence. I mean it might I, I don't know how much it could be. I, I don't know if I could randomly be shot dead. I don't know. Like, it seems like a safety hazard over there. Yeah. I mean, maybe, I can thinking maybe it's just being, um, uh, what's the word, overreported. Maybe maybe the numbers are made up. But, like, I do want to go to America. I do want to go to Disneyland and maybe New York and a couple of other states. But um, at the same time, I feel like just the impact of, like, the news on guns in america well, makes me less likely wanting to go well I, I i don't i don't think it'd be overreported. i think they're reporting probably just right but anyway i yeah. i'm gonna move away from that part of things as to not get controversial but i'm gonna say yeah definitely i'd love to go to disneyland have you ever seen ferris bueller's day off yes i have oh yes i want to do everything he does and like i never thought i'd say i want to go to an art museum but i do but, you haven't yeah. gone to one hmm you haven't gone to one before? Uh, I have, I guess. But, well, you know, like, I, I want to do everything Ferris does in that movie. I want to I wanna go to that 20-story building and look down at the cars. I want to, you know, go to that art museum. I want to be on a parade float, um, sing in the uh, Twist and Shout, you know, all that sort of thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I feel like when I watched that movie, um, I think it was in year 11 or year 12, and I never watched it before. When I saw it, I'm like, oh, I want to be more like that guy in the movie. Like, he did everything. Like, he was scared, but he did things anyway. Yeah, I mean, I think that, uh, look, looking back on it, I think Ferris is a little bit of a jerk. So, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not taking, you know, his, his general attitude is okay, but, you know, I think he pressures Cameron into too much almost, and I feel like that might be a bit problematic these days. But oh, yeah. overall, it's just a fun movie, and I don't really, I don't really worry about that too much in terms of that. I don't know. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, mm. I, I always used to watch it when I was sick. Either that or The Adams Family. <laughs> oh my god, I've actually never seen the full version of The Adams Family. Um, in this case, I'm talking about the old TV show. Oh. Yeah. I didn't know there was even a TV show. Oh wow, it, it, it's famous, you know. Dun, 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 dun. Oh yeah, yeah, I know that. But I did. I thought like, I thought there was only um the movie which was made in 1992 or something. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, there was uh, there was an old black and white TV show way back when, and uh, you know, if you see the set photos in color, they actually had these hot pink walls that looked better in black and white. <clears throat> And oh they had God. these various things, and it's interesting to see color, and it 
it they they have certain colors to make it look better in black and white. And yeah, the movies they came in the nineties from Barry Sonnenfeld, who also did Men in Black, Get Shorty, um, you know, and uh, th- those movies. I think I I can't remember the box office impact of them, but I'm pretty sure they're well beloved by quite a few people who grew up in the nineties. I like them too, honestly. I mean, they I think they. I think they get the humor right, but obviously with the standards of the 90s, they can push it further than the show ever did, because the show was like, what, 60s or something? Yeah. 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 That's so cool. Um, I'm trying to uh, think of how I can relate that to resilience. I feel like... Um, I, uh, it's my fault. I distracted you. Sorry. I it's okay. So I, much. I, I, I do like um, movies like... Um, Madam's Family, which I haven't seen. Um, but I feel like with regarding the movie you talked about, um, Ferris, uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Out, um, yeah, I feel like at times I was similar to um, Ferris. Wait, I'm saying his name wrong. How do I say it? Um, uh, Ferris, Ferris or Cameron. Oh, Cameron. Sorry, yeah, um, with Cameron, I feel like I was always a little bit like him. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of anxiety, wait, is he the character that's the, there's a, there was there's a really anxious character? Is that the yeah, that's uh, Cameron, Cameron yeah, Pride. Yeah, um, I feel like I always felt like him, but I feel like with movies like that, so I'm saying inspire you to kind of get out of your comfort zone and trying to do things that you're scared because, like, I used to have a lot of anxiety back then, now it's a lot less, but mm. I feel like it's to kind of push your boundaries if you're ready. Oh, yeah. I I feel that. Sorry, I'm. I, I sorry. I was thinking of an answer, but I always want to. I always want to feel in any silences because the last thing the last thing we want is dead air. <laughs> no, no, that's okay. Um, I feel like if you're pushing yourself and doing things out of your comfort zone, that can make you more resilient. And like, um, with me, I'm trying to you know do more social events and like be more social and work more. And even though it's hard, I try and do it anyway because I don't want my anxiety or my not so much depression I don't have much depression because it kind of it comes in waves but I feel like anxiety is more constant I feel like just trying to kind of um you know just trying to live life better um it's good but like it can be hard especially if you're autistic mm. like you know people will always like like you know they'll they'll come up with the common cliches I think you know Oh, you you don't look autistic or all that, you know, all the, all that crap, you know. Mm-hmm. And I I hate when people do that. I mean, what what makes a person look autistic? Are you kidding me? Really? Like that that's like that that that's like say that's like someone someone stupid saying, "Oh, you know, he looks okay, this is going to be an offensive statement, but only a hypothetical." Mm-hmm. But, you know, if someone says, oh, he looks gay or he sounds gay or, or something like that, it's like saying that it is completely stupid. It is completely just just weird. And also why? And why would being gay be a bad thing? Why would being autistic be a bad thing? You know? Yeah. I feel like being different and just being you should be celebrated and accepted. And in this world, there aren't many I feel like sometimes there aren't many people that are willing to be themselves. Like I used to not be myself. I used to try and be someone else. And I didn't know that was masking, but it is. And I try and look up to people like sometimes in the media, pop culture, sometimes like 
um, people like Courtney Love or Billie Eilish. And I feel like when I see people that are different and they're kind of being themselves and they're kind of really um, celebrating the, their passions and they're kind of going after what they want to do, that's really inspiring. Mm. I mean, yeah, Billie Eilish is very, you know, I, I, I did mention I don't listen to too much modern music um, before this, but yeah, Billie Eilish is actually pretty good from what I've heard. And uh, yeah, she she seems to be very different. She seems to be pushing uh, the uh, you know she she's not comfortable in normality. I'm not comfortable in normality, you know. Like I think I first found out about her through one of my relatives, and you know my relative she was like, hey, check out Billie Eilish. It's great. Um, she's great. And you know I was I watched the video for Bad Guy, and you know my Invisalign has finally disappeared. <laughs> oh man, it's a catchy song. So you're mm-hmm. a tough guy avoiding the copyright bots by not singing this song. This song's stuck in my head. Oh, now it is. <laughs> I, I think parody's covered in Australia, so I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I like the songs too. I'm not a big fan, but I, I I'm pro- probably am slowly being converted to being a little bit of a fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've I've heard. Uh, I, I think I've heard "No Time to Die," "Bad Guy." I've heard. Uh, what's that one where she's going around the shopping mall? Oh, um, is it "Therefore I Am"? Was I think so. Yeah. yeah. And my favorite so far is "My Future." Um, she normally has those darker, more kind of depressing, more not necessarily. De- Sometimes I think it has a bit of a comical edge in terms of stuff like bad guy, you know, like it's a bit tongue in cheek. It's not exactly full out comedy, but it's tongue in cheek. You know, I'm the bad guy or my mum likes to sing along, but if she heard the words, she'll feel sorry for the men I know, you know, not to be mm. taken too literally. Cause I doubt Billy would be like that, but you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like um, there should be more artists like her, like she's kind of being herself. But then I came across this article today on Facebook um, from um, Vogue, I think, and it said um, she is uh, changing and she, she wore a corset for this photo shoot and she, she kind of had a lot of skin going on and she's usually like that. And I'm thinking, oh, is she just um, changing her identity or her branding just to suit um, kind of the expectations of what she's meant to be like or is she kind of changing naturally? Mm. I think that uh, they made a deal out of it because she made a uh, she made a visual statement that she deliberately wore baggy clothes so that people would not judge her body. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's an interesting decision that one. You know, like uh, I, I was I was just I was just thinking, you know, because the media really tends to just you know, they overemphasize, oh, the body has to be perfect. It doesn't matter about the brain. Okay, not real. I'm exaggerating a little, but you know what I mean. Yeah. 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 And um, I feel like just as a female, but also as a person and someone who's autistic and different, I feel like, um, yeah, there shouldn't be so much emphasis on the body and what it looks like. But I suppose in society, it's just, it's kind of like a norm where you have to um, look a certain way. But I feel like, I um, do agree with, like, you should be whoever you want to be. And I feel like with style and clothing, you should just wear what you want to wear. But I feel like um, in the past, sometimes I'd wear something a little bit because it's trendy, but now I'm more like I should just wear what I want to wear. But even though it might be blush, back, um, hang on, there might be, like, backlash. But I do prefer baggy clothing, and that's really 
weird or like clothing that's a bit, bit less revealing because like I don't always want to like I don't really show my body because I'd rather just focus on my personality or what I want to do like you know if I'm going for a walk I want to go for a walk not I want to make it like a fashion statement all the time. Exactly. I mean, I, 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 I obviously can't relate nearly as much being a guy, but you know, yeah. exact, I've heard, I've heard about plenty of women who have uh, body image uh, problems of some sort, or they don't want to be judged or whatever. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, and um, it was really refreshing when Billie Eilish, um, maybe last year or the year before, she was wearing bagging, bagging clothing, and there was, um, like statements that she said about you know um she didn't want to be a sexual object and so that's why she wore baggy clothing because she didn't people to judge her for her body and now um I think last year or this year people were judging her for her body because she wore something revealing and I feel like it's really sad but I feel like people are going to judge anyway Mm. I mean they'll they'll judge for anything society will judge for anything and I hate that yeah. You know, just let people be people. Uh, you know, if it's not hurting you, what does it matter? Yeah. And all that. Like, you know, unless it's something, uh, unless unless it's a celebrity committing an, committing a horrific act of violence or committing a murder or something like that, then you can react badly. But then, you know, the, these, these other things, come on, people. I mean, in, in fact, I, I feel like people should feel more secure about about every body type because you know some some people some some people uh have they have a big gut some people have a a gut that's bigger than they like some people have you know this thing they don't like about their body so what so what like you know we need role models for people to be able to accept that all that all different bodies come in all different shapes and sizes and that's okay yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah, I agree. And, like, um, I still think of Billie Eilish as one of my role models. Mm-hmm. So did you just speak? No. Oh, I heard a voice and I thought it was yours. Sorry. I, I, I know. I, w- once I start speaking, I, 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 never, I never quiet down, so it's understandable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, okay. So, like, with um, role models, I don't really have any in the celebrity world because I don't really look up to celebrities because I just can't relate to them. And I used to sometimes relate to them, but I feel like there's one role model, would probably be Billie Eilish, because she's really different. Her songs are really different. She speaks about depression in her songs or um, abuse. And I can kind of relate to it sometimes on a lot of levels, sometimes only on a little bit. But I feel like she's refreshing. She's really different and she's got so much to offer and I just really wish um people would be kind of more open-minded to people like her yeah yeah exactly and uh, you know like uh, I, I I actually I love her creativity honestly mm-hmm. because I, I think there was a music video where spiders were crawling over her and she did that practically because she like me actually prefers practical effects stuff you can have as an actor right there you know so yeah the the spiders crawling wow wow probably terrible for people who have phobia of spiders which i can't remember the word right now arachnophobia there it is yeah but uh yeah like she she really has a commitment to her art letting spiders crawl over or uh you know being a bit out there being almost a bit uh you know in bad guy being a little bit creepy like with the bruised knees and all that oh yeah 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 like you, I really do admire her creativity. Um, it's really 
different. Sometimes it's a bit dark, but um, people would kind of, I, I feel like online people kind of talk slack about her and how she's really weird and things. But I really like her creativity. I feel like that's probably one of the things I really like as an artist. I mean, it's been great talking about Billie Eilish, but we're getting to the end of the recording time before technical difficulties. Sorry, te- blah, technical difficulties come up. So, if we'd like to, t- sorry, oh man, my, um, if if we'd like to continue this uh, whole thing, we could be back after a another imaginary commercial break. Okay. Right, so this will probably mark the end of this episode about, uh, you know, uh, resilience and ultimately other things. I'm sure there will be plenty of trigger warnings, obviously. Oh, yeah. But we had a very engaging conversation today about different things, body image, mental health issues, resilience, autism, and uh, um, how all of these things interrelate. Yeah. Um, we apologise if this ended a bit abruptly. I mean, we, 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 we could have gone talking forever about all this stuff in the one, but, you know, it's entirely possible we could record multiple in the same day or whatever. So, yeah. yeah. There you go. There's the discussion. I really, really hope that I didn't offend anyone. I tried my best to walk around sensitive topics, and I'm sorry if I offended anyone. No, you did good. You're very sensitive, and I felt like we kind of, engage with the topics in a way that was very kind mm. Mm. so yeah that will that will do it for this uh, particular episode <laughs> yes so this is Susanna from Rara Matia and this is my guest Spike yep George aka Spike Green from the Film Geek Collective and yeah um by the way uh, yeah I, I I I know it's a random thing to mention but if you ever want to go onto the Film Geek Collective podcast again feel free that that's all good too yeah for sure All right. So that's the end of this one. Bye. Bye.